Warning, the following video may contain content that is controversial and disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised. God bless you. You are now tuned in to The Journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step. Finish a thousand miles, but together we're in this, and this is called the journey. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Journey Podcast with your host, Karen Sion. Thank God so much for a new week. Today is November 10th, and it is the 34th episode of the Journey Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. We're so grateful to God for bringing us this far. Thank you so much for sticking with us through all these episodes. God richly bless you. On last week's episode, we had Barbara Hyde on the show. She is our social worker. And Barbara, wherever you are, we just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the show and spewing the knowledge that you spewed. <laughs> It was amazing. I know I learned a lot and I'm so excited for today's show because it's kind of like a continuation, but from a different aspect and from a different perspective. So I'm really excited. On today's show, we have a nurse practitioner coming onto the show. So I'm really excited for today's show. If you've been tuning to the show, welcome back. And thank you so much for sticking with us all the way through 34 episodes. God richly bless you. And thank you so much for sticking with us. It's, it's so amazing. God is bringing us far. God has brought us far and you've been all the way there with it. So God richly bless you. But if this is your first time listening and or watching, please let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Bible-based, Christ-based podcast that focuses on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, career choices, health, marriage, everything, all of the above. We talk about real-life problems and look for real-life solutions in the Word of God so that we can find faith in God's faithfulness and as well as learn how to walk God's way. Because that's our slogan, guys, walking God's way. New episodes drop weekly every Tuesday day at 3 p.m. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and most recently on YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you like, you rate, you share, you review, and you comment, and also turn on post notifications on YouTube so that you'll be notified when a new episode drops. Once again, on today's episode, we are going to suspend Miss K's music tips as well as the birthday best segment. Stay tuned for it after the Abuse and Believers series, okay? I'm really excited for today's show, and I know you're going to be blessed because I'm really, we're going to be blessed. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm nervous, but I'm also very excited. So let's get into today's show. On today's show, we have an amazing person. Um, this young lady is, she's, she's the epitome of graceful. Like, she's just so graceful and so classy in everything that she does. She's another one that I really admire, another one that I really do respect. She is a nursing practitioner or a nurse practitioner. I don't know how they say that word. When she comes on, she's going to educate me on what she actually does because I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, she's a wife. She's a daughter. She's a sister. She's a friend. She is. She's just an overall human being. I really, really love her so much. She's my big sister. She's actually a good She's a good sister to me. <laughs> so guys, help me welcome onto the show once again. She's been here before, but this is the first time you're going to see her once again. Help me welcome to the show, Ashley Anderson. Hey, Ash. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I love when everybody does that. I love when people do that. You know, Pastor does that every time we do. We go on Zoom. Pastor's like, what's up, everybody? Yeah. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Oh, welcome back to the show, Ash. Thank you for having me. Aww. I'm really excited and nervous, but Don't more worry. excited. I'm nervous too. <laughs> I can't tell. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So you were on the show a couple of times in season one. I asked this question to Barbara last week too. How is it being on the show then mm. with just audio? How, how did you like it? Um, I feel like I was less nervous because <laughs> <It's true. laughs> no one could see my face mm -hmm. or my expressions. Like I could just talk and, you know, look however, but, you know, knowing that 
you could see me and hear me. It feels it's a little weird, but I do as well. As well, yeah. I think I think ugh, it's such a hassle. You know, look at my face. I have to wear lashes and contour yeah. and highlight just because we're coming on YouTube. But back then, I'd be like, "Hey, Ash." Deacon Sam, I'm coming over, you know? And then I just, like, wear my pajamas and a t-shirt, and I'm at their house, like... And I never wear lashes. This is, like, the second time this year. (laughs) This year. Since I've worn lashes. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God, was the first time. Um, Two weeks ago. Well, two or three weeks ago for my birthday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then before that, we were in quarantine, and... I don't think I wore it in January or yeah. So this is like the second time this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See what quarantine did, right? Oh okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So before we get into, you know, we're talking about abuse. We've been talking mm-hmm. about it for the last two weeks. And this is the third episode in this series. Before we get into it uh, from your perspective, mm-hmm. let tell us a little bit about yourself. So we know that you um, were a nurse, you're a nursing practitioner now. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, career. Yeah. So I am a nurse practitioner. Um, I specialize. Oh, I nurse practitioner? Yeah. I said what? Nursing practitioner? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner, um, graduate from Rutgers. Woo-hoo! My future um, school. <laughs> Um, but I've been working. Um, so I specialized um, when I was in school. I was uh, learning adult health, mm-hmm. primary care. Um, but I do have experience in, experience as a registered nurse in psychiatric mental health nursing mm. uh, for the past six years. I was always doing that on the side. Um, and then now I work um, in mental health as okay. a nurse practitioner. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really amazing. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, um, how abuse affects mental health clinically and spiritually, kind of. Well, we don't want to get too much into that because, you know, eventually, sorry, I was supposed to surprise you guys with this, but eventually Pastor will come onto the show <laughs> to talk about to talk about it. <laughs> Um, deep, like in depth, mm-hmm. when it comes to the spiritual aspect of it. So, I want to tread lightly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's get into it today. So, um, I asked this question when I myself and Tony were on the show, the first episode, the second one, I asked Barbara the same question, and I'm going to answer the same question. What What is abuse? Okay, so it is the improper use um, of any uh, objects, uh, thing, person, animal. Um, it can be characterized by violence, um, mm-hmm. any form of maltreatment, um, mm-hmm. I would define abuse as. So it could it be used like lightly, like in the sense like, oh my God, I really abused these lashes. Like, cause I wore it so can, many times. <laughs> yes. It, it can be used lightly and in, um, the nature of, you know, the mm. different types of abuse, mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, you've been discussing on the show. Yeah. So yeah. we've talked about, um. You talk about physical abuse. Abuse, yeah. Um, verbal, yes. Uh, and verbal could be under um, mental abuse or psychological mm, abuse, mm. Um, emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. It can be under that category, but then there's the subcategories, mm. and then sexual abuse, um, physical, yeah. Different, so different there's types. There's a lot. There's there's a lot different okay. types. Okay, so yeah. <clears throat> as um, a nurse practitioner, as someone who she has her notes already for me, like I'm so, I'm so that's why that's why I'm so nervous. She came so prepared, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh gosh. So, as a nurse practitioner now mm-hmm. in your field, you said you worked you as a you were a registered nurse in psychiatric and mental yes um health in your career. Can you um elaborate on some instances that you experienced? Of someone who had been through some been through some kind of abuse and how mm-hmm. you were able to help them out. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, so now where I work, I work for a outpatient uh, mental health services uh, organization um, as a prescriber. That's like the term they use for mm-hmm. those who um, practitioners who or any type of um, um, provider who can prescribe medications and. We also do um, psychotherapy, but we have clinical therapists mm-hmm. in the actual um, organization. But I prescribe and I, so initially um, when I'm talking to a new patient, we call it like an intake. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ask, do you have history of any abuse or trauma? That's usually one of the first 
um, psychosocial, you know, um, history, we do ask. Mm. Um, so most of my patients say yes. I would say more than half mm. um, experience abuse or trauma. Um, and abuse can lead to um, PTSD, which is mm. post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder. That's very common among those who have been abused. Mm-hmm. And that's basically a condition um, where one cannot, like, um, I guess, cope well or get over an event, mm-hmm. a traumatic event that mm-hmm. they've experienced. And abuse can is a traumatic mm-hmm. event, especially if it's ongoing for years. Right. Um, so um, we treat them. A lot of them are treated with uh, medications, psychiatric medications or antidepressants mm-hmm. that treat anxiety or uh, medications to treat nightmares because uh, a lot of them suffer from nightmares, flashbacks. Wow. Um, where it's like they can't function in life because they anything um, can trigger um, the memory of the mm. abuse or the trauma that they've been t- been through. So uh, the medication helps um, ease their anxiety and also therapy, cognitive like behavioral therapy or CBT, mm-hmm. um, which really um, the therapists go very deep into. Um, the abuse they experience and coping skills um, throughout time. And that could be like a weekly thing, bi-weekly, like whatever, you know, their schedule permits. But oh, wow. that's what we do. You yeah. know, I never would have, maybe it sounds really callous of me to say, but I never equated trauma to abuse. You know, I never knew that abuse could be a form of, of trauma. Yes. So when a patient comes in and like you said, you ask them questions and then they they talk about maybe they've been through this and you mm-hmm. prescribe them. What are, are there any other steps that you follow afterwards? You like follow up to help them maybe yes. um, uproot the, the seed, I guess, that mm-hmm. was sown in them because of the abuse? Yes. Yeah. So we don't, it's not a one time that I see them. We have um, bi-weekly follow-ups or monthly follow-ups. Mm, okay. Monthly follow-ups are after they've been stabilized on medications. Um, if they don't prefer to have medications, then they just follow up with their therapist. Um, But I do have patients who I do have to do some therapy with um, during the call. Maybe it's, it's really like a follow-up call to see how they're doing in general, but then, you know, some can go into um, abuse that they're still even experiencing Mm -hmm. um, and trying to um, get past it or not knowing what to do or a lot of legal issues pending because Mm -hmm. of, you know, maybe the abuser and all of that. So it's a constant, it's a continuum of care Mm -hmm. um, that we do with the patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like right now in your field at this moment, you're doing telehealth, right? Yes. We're doing telehealth um, since um, COVID. Yeah. Since COVID, since March, actually the organization has been doing telehealth. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a little challenging Mm -hmm. because you're not, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You're not seeing, uh, you don't have that in-person visits to really check, to really know if someone is okay. Cause mm-hmm. you know, over, the, over phone, the phone, yeah, over That's the phone, true. it's very easy to have different tones, but you know, seeing someone's face, even seeing any physical signs of abuse is very important. Mm. Um, so it does make it, a, it does make it challenging. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you personally, have you ever been in, abu- in an abusive situation? Any form of abuse? Like I think yeah. Barbara came, she talked about uh, sexual abuse, her experience of sexual abuse, physical abuse. I talked a little bit about my situation with an ex that mm-hmm. um, was ter- was going. Well, I didn't get into details, thank God. But <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how it, it stemmed from verbal and emotional, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was heading towards physical abuse. Ab- hey. abuse. abuse. <laughs> it was heading into physical abuse. Had I not moved here. Okay. You know, so thank God that, you know, that's what saved God saved me in that aspect. Yes, but yeah. for you, have you ever been in any situation that? Um... Yeah. So um, I don't know what type I would define it as mm-hmm. um, because it didn't it didn't go into it could have it could have de- it could have went into a sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was around 10, um, my family and I, we went to Ghana for like three months. It was like a from like uh, whenever school is out to mm-hmm. like probably even I think we left school like maybe two weeks early oh, wow. and then returned like mid middle of September. It was like a very long trip, and um, the person is has passed away now. But um, hmm, that's sweet. yeah, and he was a uh, I guess a family friend um, that my grandmother kind of took in because hmm. um, she was like always just like taking people taking in. people <laughs> in <laughs> adopting 
you know, mm. people, yeah, children, and then kind of raising them, you know, house boys, house girls type yeah, of situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so um, we were in the room. I know it was m- myself and my brother um, in the house at the time, and he was, like, laying down, and then I guess he motioned for me to kind of, like, sit on top of him, um, and I did, and I did feel, you know, something, maybe his manhood, obviously, at, at the time, I didn't really realize too wow. much. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, we're playing, like he's laughing, giggling, and I'm kind of like on him, like moving around, you know, both have, we both have clothes on, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think much of it, but I feel like it could have um, triggered just my curiosity mm-hmm. um, with sex. And that's what, that's what sexual abuse is defined. I think when we, when Tony and I were on the show. Um, when we were on the show. Yeah, that's true. I, we you talked guys about, talked that. about yeah, that. Like yes. that. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, penetration or touching yes. or molestation, but just exploiting a child or letting their innocence be broken down by sh- exposing them to be curious or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a form of sexual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, oh no, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? Like I shared mine. I shared my experience and I was talking about how it happened when I was young. Barbara too shared hers. Hers happened when she was young. And yours too happened when yeah. you were young. This is mm-hmm. this is crazy. Did it affect you mentally in any way? Maybe when you got older or when you entered into a relationship, maybe before you got married or anything, like did that situation or that exploitation that you um experienced? Is that a right word to say? Exploitation that you experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. it affect your mental health in any way? I believe it did. You know, when I think, I think during the time, you know, you don't notice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what it's really doing. But over the years, then linking things like, okay, so um, like I said, I think it made me very curious mm. to, okay, what is sex? And then I believe when I came from Ghana, I was then in the fifth grade mm-hmm. after that trip. And then I had a neighbor who we would always watch porn like her um at that age at that age like 10 yeah 10 years old and i can't remember if we started watching it from before um i went to ghana or not Mm -hmm. like i still can't remember which one happened first but i know that it was around the same it was around the same time and there was a time period of every time after school i'll just go to her house and we wouldn't we wouldn't do anything with each other we'll just sit there in her parents room her parents had like a luggage of like porn tapes that's when like tapes were you know that was in what 99 2000 1999 2000 yeah so it was yeah she was 10 i, I was, was 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah and um so i think that early ex- exposure i later was like you know that was very almost traumatizing mm. even at that age to be watching stuff like that mm. um and just always having the curiosity so i feel like that's why then i ended up exploring that early on in high school when i had the opportunity mm-hmm. um and then in high school i was on and off with this um with this boy and we always had fights like every month like verbal you know back mm. and forth and one time um i slapped him whoa and then he turned around and had me in a chokehold <gasps> um, after, like minutes after oh I smacked God. him in you know, verbal back and forth. And I legit couldn't breathe. Um, and then I just kept, you know, trying to scream, okay, stop, stop. And he eventually stopped, you know, did that to scare me, mm. obviously. Um, but like uh, I believe Barbara said, you know, last week, you don't you don't see that you need to leave or that it's really a problem even though you know okay this is toxic but this little part of you that's still mm-hmm. well in my in my age it wasn't love it was mm-hmm. infatuation like right, you mentioned right, right. but this infatuation because he was my first mm-hmm. and i couldn't like let it go even though it was very toxic mm-hmm. it was i would say i was more emotionally abused mm-hmm. in that um relationship just mm-hmm. from um him playing a lot of mind games, manipulating. And that was even what I had here mm-hmm. in my notes as types of abuse with yeah, mental go, go mental Teach abuse, us. humiliating, um, criticizing, controlling, shame, um, mm. accusing, always like, you know, accusing someone of something. And the criticizing, it's good to be criticized. Obviously, that's how you grow and get better. But if the person is always constantly just criticizing, never praising, mm. that can be a mental abuse. So 
Wow, um, yeah, really? it could be a mental form of mental abuse, emotional abuse. So I feel like I was a v- victim more of the emotional mm, mental abuse from like that physical, relationship more okay. than physical. Um, and then self-abuse in the aspect of what um, you and Barbara even talked about, like not valuing myself, not mm. seeing my worth in Christ. So mm-hmm. just, you know, sleeping around and letting, uh, you know, these you know, just being taken advantage mm. of. Yeah, oh that gosh. was self-abuse. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I think next week, God willing, you're going to come back. You and Barbara will mm-hmm. come back and we're going to like delve deeper into self-abuse because that, I think that, huh, that, that scares me the most because at least there are warning signs when it comes to maybe being in a relationship or being mm-hmm. in a situation where you're abused. But I want to I want to talk a little bit about what you were saying just now about how being criticized over and over and over and over again without being praised can is a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um have you read this book A Child Called It? I've heard of it. Okay. So yeah. I loved that book. Okay. Like it made me sad, but like yeah. I loved that book. Um, I read it. I read it recreationally, young when I was really young, and then we read it for school. I think when I was in high school, it was about a young man, oh, a boy, who pretty much was not loved by his mom and by his siblings. The book, a child called it, is pretty much what it was. They called him it. He wasn't a him. Like he was not considered to be a human. Like they used to do certain things to him where they would talk down to him. You when he went to school, like the educational neglect, like what Barbara talked about last, they didn't care if he went to school or not. Um, I remember there was a situation in the book where he said that he was a locked. You know how when you put bleach in the bathroom, if you're there for too long, you start to feel sick. Mm-hmm. They left him in a room in the bathroom with ammonia and bleach at the mm-hmm. same time, like left it there, left him in there. And he was pretty much talking in the book about how he almost suffocated and died. Had not, I think someone opened the door and he was able to get out or something like that. So with that, Barbara came on to talk about when you're in a relationship. She talked about relation. We talked more about relationships. Mm -hmm. She said that you can pick the person you want to be with, right? but we don't pick our parents. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have suffered emotional abuse because of parents, mm-hmm. because especially what you're seeing, there's a lot of criticism and there's no praise. So can you explain to us like the effects of that? Like yes. when, when a parent is abusing the child, like I don't think they even know that they're abusing yeah. their child, yeah. but as you're seeing as per your definitions, these are forms of abuse. So can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that, how that works yeah, or def- how that yes. can affect someone mentally? Definitely. Um, and even I watched a uh, TED talk that um, shout out to uh, Lucy Ayim for sending me uh, this TED talk, 15 minute TED talk by um, Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. Um, she's a um, Surgeon General of California oh, wow. um, since 2019. And it was about childhood trauma mm. uh, affecting health across a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I even sent this to some of my colleagues when I watched it like a month or two ago. And um, it's very, uh, I think what I got out of it is that it's like, um, it's very important to identify um, early on um, the abuse that a child is mm-hmm. going through. Even just, I think the as far as with like the signs of, of a child even going through any type of trauma, just being withdrawn, mm-hmm. um, even socially, social anxiety or socially awkward mm-hmm. um, due to like that neglect at home. Um, wow. But as far as with specifically the criticizing um, words, like parents say, oh, you're no good. They come home with mm-hmm. maybe a, you know, a C or a D on their report card and instead of maybe praising the other good grades or or finding out, okay, what, why did you get these grades? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. Is it like no effort, or are you putting in the effort? It's just this constant criticizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, when they do get older, they 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 um, constantly believe that they're no good. Like that whole "you're no good, you're no good," because even if it's said in um, different ways, it all comes down to them not being good right. at anything. Because wow. um, I've had a lot of patients too who, when I ask about the abuse, they they point back to, oh, my dad would always uh, mentally abuse me. And I'm like, oh, go into that in detail. And it's a lot of the criticizing Mm. um, about anything they did. So they never felt they were good enough for Mm -hmm. their parents. So then later, that's what leads to the anxiety, 
um, depression, mm -hmm. um, even like real, you know, uh, more advanced psychiatric uh, conditions yeah. like, um, wow. yeah, schizophrenia, um, schizoaffective disorders, bipolar, because I feel like a trauma, um, any type of trauma can trigger um, that change in your brain mm -hmm. um, and then you can just become paranoid um, delusional mm -hmm. because of that specific trauma wow yeah you know as you're speaking the the only thing i'm thinking about excuse me to say african parents mm -hmm. that's the only thing i'm thinking yeah. about you know because and pastor says this all the time what they could do or what they um were equipped with is what they gave us right mm -hmm. but i do know and i'm not saying these are my parents but <laughs> just please sorry Barbie. sorry daddy <laughs> but um i do know a lot i think a lot of african children can relate when i say this that it's like they don't, what you're saying is exactly what they do in a yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. And I think it's because they feel like that is me being hard on you is going to help you get better. Not knowing the other side of it, that it can mm -hmm. really affect a person's mental health. Yes. Yeah. Um, because then a child can push themselves too hard over the limit and always feel like they have to be perfect and no mm. one can reach perfection. Mm -hmm. um, so even it reminds me of um, the show, uh, This Is Us, because um, one of the, um, Randall, that's one of the um, characters, um, as a child, he always pushed himself, even though with him, he wasn't criticized. He just pushed himself always, always, um, because he wanted to just be perfect or he, he was competing with himself, not really with anyone. Mm. Um, so then, um, over time, um, it led into uh, actually a he had a traumatic uh, episode um, because his father then passed away when he was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was always trying to, you know, show his father that mm -hmm. he could, um, yeah. you know, he even though his father wasn't that type of pushy dad, mm -hmm. but um, it led him to suffer from anxiety. Um, he would have panic attacks um, just because he, he pushed himself too hard. So if you think of the other end, where it's the parent who's pushing the child too hard. Mm -hmm. It can also lead into anxiety because that feeling of, um, am I doing this right? Oh, this mm -hmm. didn't go my way. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. like everything is, is just going to go wrong and then lead into legit panic attacks. And panic attacks um, are characterized by heart racing, mm -hmm. sweating, um, just feeling of an impending doom, like, mm. oh, I'm about, like, you're about to die oh my gosh. Um, because of maybe a situation didn't go your way. Mm. And it can, it can happen from childhood. It really can. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I asked Barbara this, this question last week, and I think you're confirming it, honestly, because we talked about how abuse can be avoided if the foundation of a person is stable or secure or firm, let's yes. say, especially in Christ. Mm -hmm. So can we talk, let's kind of segue this, kind of change the subject a little bit. Can we talk about mental health and the believer? Like mm -hmm. we know that as, I think this also falls in line with the self-worth and hopefully we'll talk about the self-abuse thing, but as a believer, we're supposed to know our worth in the sense that we know that Christ bought us with his blood. Yes. So how, when someone is experiencing um, someone has experienced a form of abuse and it's so traumatic that it affects their mental health. As a believer, how do we see the signs? And I know definitely prayer, but how do we see the signs and then take active steps to get out of that? Yeah. So yeah. how do we see the Thank signs in, in someone else or in ourselves? In our, mm, okay. We can talk about ourselves next week. Let's wait. Let's wait for that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So in others. In others, yeah. let's say. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if we see our brother or sister who uh, may be withdrawn um, from activities, you mm -hmm. know, going on in the um, in the church or um, may always even be negative, like um, oh, someone wow. who's always negative because um, it goes back to maybe they they've never um something they were doing that could have been good or positive was never um, appreciated mm -hmm. or never acknowledged. So, and it, it just caused them to think that maybe everything is um, negative. Nothing will ever go right for them. Um, and I think, um, I think more of like, cause it's hard if the person doesn't really tell you, um, 
I think you just have to be very um right. yeah of like just like the withdrawn and not maybe speaking much even though some people could just be quiet by nature but mm-hmm. I think more of the withdrawn or um even the anxiety you notice that everything is like makes them very um panicky mm-hmm. and um very irritable maybe always angry okay. are you crying no I'm not crying. You sure? Is this... What's happening? Water is falling out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? What are you, what's going on? No, no, no. I'm not crying. No, no. Water can't. Is the eyelash in your eye? No. Are you thinking of stuff? She crying. I'm not crying. Oh. <laughs> view series. Welcome to the journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. Gosh. Okay, please continue. You are speaking. Okay. I'm good, guys. Oh, so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think those are all um signs that we need to pay mm-hmm. attention, attention to. to. Maybe you know bizarre behavior, mm-hmm. um, where um they're saying or doing things that just you know we're not one to judge what is right and wrong, but just not um that's maybe just out of the ordinary um mm-hmm. with things that they say or do. Um, but I think a lot of the withdrawn things, um, because those, you know, victims, especially physical abuse um, or even mental abuse, the a lot of victims, they're scared to speak up. They're mm-hmm. scared to even say anything among crowds, you know, especially if they've been criticized their mm-hmm. whole life. Mm, um, that's true. Yeah. Then it shuts them down. Yes. So I think um, it's important we recognize and like you said, we pray for them Mm -hmm. if we are able to um, maybe mention it to, you know, a um, special leader. Yes, Mm -hmm. that would be great instead of approaching the person. I was just, yeah, I was going to ask that because I know like, especially in your field, you, you, when you, the patient comes to you. Yes. You know, because, yes. So it's like that means they want the help. Exactly. So if you see someone, especially with your um, knowledge in the field that you work in, mm-hmm. especially when you see someone, you know that these are the signs, but you can't just go and be like, yeah. "Hey, yeah. I think you've been mentally abused," or yeah, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it makes it a very tricky situation. But I love what you said mm-hmm. that you know, take it to a spiritual leader, take it to the pastor, mm-hmm. whoever can help yeah. in the best way that. Um, they can. They can. Even a lot of um, narcissistic behavior because maybe the lack of attention mm-hmm. growing up. Can you explain what that is? Um, like uh, nar- narcissism is, um, I believe, uh, a condition in which an individual always wants to kind of be the center of attention. Everything is about them. Mm. Um, so um, a lot of people who do that, maybe they lack that growing up. So then they kind of want that attention. Even I feel like... Um, when Barbara, um, last week, you both were discussing about, you know, fathers who are there, but they're not really there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, so the, the tension, cause I feel like that was with me, like, yeah, I grew up with my father at mm-hmm. home, but then we didn't have that special, um, father daughter bond. So then I kind of sought that out there mm-hmm. out wherever, you know, I could find it, even though it was so toxic, but it was comforting. I think, and at the time, I didn't realize that's what I'm doing. Right. But I needed a um, a, a man, male. a male, mm-hmm. a male um, to figure. just give me the attention, a male figure to give me that attention, so that it it kind of satisfies something mm-hmm. in, in yeah. me, you know. And I didn't realize that at the time, but that's really what it was. Um, and then when I realized that, um, you know, I've had plenty of my of talks with my dad even about this because he's very like open um now even as he's getting older it's like he wants you to ask him questions and all that so we thank god that you know um i can i've i've gotten past that but Mm -hmm. i really feel like that was um the reason for my Mm -hmm. attention and male male figures who were not good for me at all Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna do like a, a slight therapy session give me a minute guys so i know for me when you explain narcissism I kind of felt that I could be like that. Hmm. I think I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to call myself narcissistic, but I felt like I could be like that in the sense where it's like, and my sister has pointed this out to me one time. I remember there was a, a situation where they were talking about 
something I did and it was funny. Like, so we we're all talking about it and then the subject changed, but I kind of wanted to go back. I don't know. Like I enjoyed being talked about. Let me say <laughs> that was a while ago, but I, I, I noticed, especially when I'm, um, watching the shows over back again, especially when I started co-hosting, you know, it usually was just me. When I started co-hosting with Tony, I realized that I would ask her a question. She'll start talking. I'll cut her off and start talking myself again, okay. you know? So I was watching that. And it's like, I, I see these things, but then your definition of narcissism, you know, I never really knew the definition of narcissism, honestly, like this whole time. I always hear people say, but I never really even, I think bothered to go check out what it means. Mm -hmm. So you saying it, you saying it makes me feel like I could be. So, I mean, going off of what you're saying, I don't feel like that's, that's it. I think it's, um, it could be a feeling of uh, wanting to um, be accepted too. um, Cause everybody wants to be heard. I think more of like wanting to be heard or wanting to, um, be, I mean, mm. everybody wants to be accepted and be heard. That's, I mean, in general, a lot mm-hmm. of people, that's why people do share their experiences yeah. or in conversation, they do bring up something and they want to be talked about in a positive way. For so sure. I think, um, you know, with your family and your loved ones, you're just excited about whatever, like either the topic is or whatever, um, mm-hmm whatever the however the conversation is flowing that it may lead it may be that you focusing on yourself but not in a negative like I don't know how to explain I don't feel like you're you wanting the conversation to still focus on you is negative unless it's like you don't even want to hear about the other person or what they oh, have no. to say. Okay, then maybe it's not narcissistic. You know, because, <laughs> because I do care yeah, about other Because people. I feel like with nar- narcissism, mm-hmm. um, it really, sometimes they have no regard for, for anyone else. Right. Like, it's like, okay, it's just about me and, and what I like, what I want. It's um, like selfish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, is, it is almost selfish. Okay, guys, we clear the air. I'm not narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, but yeah, yeah it, it kind of scared me at this a, a little bit because- you know, I have shared on the show how um, I was bullied for a, a yeah. really long part of my life. So I know one one thing that hurts me the most is when I'm ignored, okay. you know, by a loved one. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <sighs> by a loved one or by a friend or um, by if I'm even talking to somebody and the person is not even showing me signs that they are paying attention to what I'm saying, it tends to do, it tends to trigger something in me because I had been ignored and stepped on for so long. So is bullying a form of abuse? Yeah, it is. Um, Cause even I'm thinking of uh, when we have an adolescent, there's like um, a risk assessment mm-hmm. that we do as well. And one of the questions um, to identify any type of abuse or trauma, we do ask about bullying. Mm. Um, it is, it is. I think it's um, it's a form of mental abuse, um, unless there is some physical, you know, going on. But if it's word, word, word exchanges, um, it is. It's a form of because they're mm. um, humiliating you. Yeah. Um, so oh. it is. It is a form of mental abuse if there's no physical mm-hmm. um, exchange going on. So then what yeah. do you do, especially, you know, I know you, because you're in the clinical, yeah, clinically, you prescribe medications, you also mm-hmm. follow up with therapy. Yeah. But uh, what, how do you know when the person is truly, I would say, maybe free from, from that bondage, let from me say. Bondage. So okay. when, when it comes to abuse, um, I believe abuse is the seed and then the fruits are what manifests after, like I discussed earlier, mm-hmm. PTSD. Um, anxiety, generalized, and panic disorder, Mm -hmm. Um, depression. And depression, um, we stage it. um, So there's like mild, moderate, severe. Oh, wow. So there's like stages of depression. Stages of depression. There's a single episode for someone who's newly um, saying they're depressed. And Mm -hmm. when we say, I feel like a lot of times we use the word, oh, I'm depressed very loosely. But it really is um, clinically diagnosed by signs and symptoms from what one says. So they can say that I have lack of motivation. So we always ask, do you have lack of motivation to do things you normally enjoy doing? Do you have um, suicidal thoughts? Mm -hmm. Any history of self-harm, cutting, attempting Mm -hmm. suicide, um, even um, eating disorders, 
can be symptoms oh, of wow. depression because it's it's not self-harm the type where we're looking for like all oh, the cutting but you know maybe binge eating mm-hmm. purging um because of depression um and uh like loss of uh even personal hygiene things like that can all be a, a reason to conclude somebody's depressed mm-hmm. and like i said the c could have been abuse abuse from when they were in their childhood or recently, whatever it is, and then led to uh, trauma over time mm-hmm. where they just think of that act reoccurring, like they cannot cope or get past the um, idea or the times that they were abused. Mm. So I know with a lot of abusers, they have a history of being abused. Yes. Can it's you... Cycle. Mm, yeah. Can you explain why that is? So, um, like my pastor even has been teaching me um, <laughs> about <laughs> about um, with um, cycles and like when someone says, "Oh, it's a family history." Oh, mm-hmm. my family, you know, uh, my mom had it, my dad had it. Like it shouldn't be that way, mm-hmm. but it's a cycle because it's even deeper. It's you know, whole spiritual thing that I know our yes. pastor will yeah, discuss yeah, yeah, for sure. when when he, he comes, uh, comes on. on. But um, I believe. Um, it's because I, I believe in our minds, we've witnessed um, that event and mm-hmm. then we've, we've seen it like, so say a child was abused or even they saw their parents um, or a mom or a dad being abused by the other. They do have a more likely chance of abusing their own children because that's the only way they know is right. Mm, to raise a to child. To raise a child. They don't know no other way mm-hmm. unless they've identified that, okay, this is a problem. I have to seek treatment. Mm-hmm. So even in regards to your question, how is someone really released from this bondage other than, you know, the prayer and the spiritual side that I know will, will be discussed in the future. Um, we do have, um, intensive therapy. So Mm -hmm. we have intensive outpatient therapy. It's Mm -hmm. like a more of a, a program with therapy where it's like three times a week, um, several hours in a day, I believe like four or five hours in a day. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot of group sessions. Um, and they really go in deep with, um, the types of abuse and as a group you're with other people who are also abused mm-hmm. and the um mediator or the moderator um is helping uh to guide the discussions and every day it's like a different topic so we recommend um those who have really severe depression because like i said it's not abuse that you're diagnosed with mm-hmm. you're diagnosed with the fruits that come from being abused mm-hmm. so if you have any of those severe anxiety severe depression where you cannot function you're even looking for disability for work because you can get disability from any mental health diagnosis oh wow if you have it very severe mm-hmm. um it doesn't just have to be the psyche you know the um psychotic ones mm-hmm. um if you have severe depression and anxiety you mm-hmm. could you know, get disability from that because you, we, it can be proven that you um, lack the mental capacity to perform your job mm. functions. So with those type of people, then that's what I'm saying. We do the intensive outpatient therapy. We also have partial hospital hospitalization programs. Okay. So instead of being inpatient at a mental health hospital, for depression, you can still do, and it's intensive therapy, but it's like five days a week mm. of like five, like kind of like a work day of just oh, wow. therapy. Just therapy. And so these programs can last like three to six months, up to a year. Sometimes it depends on the individual, mm-hmm. but it's more of um self-evaluation and maybe the therapist to see, okay, are they stable? Are they using the coping skills learned? Are mm-hmm. they able to function better than when they first started the program mm-hmm. and that's the way we evaluate our any our all of these all of this treatment collectively working for the individual mm-hmm. and are they able to you know maybe be discharged from the program and just um you know continue and some people they successfully discharge and they don't need that type of therapy anymore and then some relapse maybe with a self-harm you know some type of self-injurious behavior and then they need that therapy again oh wow so with um with therapy right i think i asked deacon sam this question when he came on for the mental health awareness episodes last year oh not last year last season (laughs) Mm -hmm. last season i asked him like i was talking to him about how mental health is stigmatized especially as a believer or even in our culture so Mm -hmm. with therapy i do i have heard believers say that it's 
not biblical to go to therapy when your pastor is there. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like as a believer, should we um, take advantage of the services of therapy? I personally think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, um, obviously it's great to go to your pastor for counseling advice, um, but also you have to um, keep in mind of your pastor's schedule right. and not be that church member who's just keep burdening or dumping um, their problems constantly when okay. you know that maybe this is something that you need to talk it out more mm-hmm. and you personally need to seek God's face about it mm-hmm. and not just, you know, um, go to your pastor and mm-hmm. look for like a quick solution. Cause even with my pastor, he won't tell you, Oh, you need to do this, this and that, you mm-hmm. know, he'll hear you out and give you the counseling you need, but really it's ultimately your decision about whatever it is that you're discussing. So I do recommend therapy, um, but I I could see why some may say, you know, it's not because it can just end up being like you're venting and there's no um, solution and you're just talking, talking. And then it can, you know, when when you even talk too much, it can lead to like gossip and all that. You can maybe even make gossiping about a person, a family member when it's not even that. that. Yeah, it's not even about that. It could tend to be careless talk. Um, in therapy. So I think if it's a guided therapy mm-hmm. where um, you you have legit maybe anxiety issues or you do have issues um, within that, you just want to hear, mm-hmm. um, you want someone to hear you out and especially a neutral person, mm-hmm. then I, I think it's fine because um, just like there's different marriage counselors um, that are accessible, even, you know, who are like pastors and all that, or just, um, people who become certified marriage counselors and people seek them out. Um, and, you know, maybe instead of just like getting married without having the counseling. So I look at that as the same thing. If you're mm-hmm. seeking out to either make a decision or not even just make a decision, but just to talk about why you feel anxious all the time or mm-hmm. what happened to you in the past that you haven't dealt with, I don't see a problem with that as long as it's a guided therapy and not just like you're you're just talking and you're not getting anything out of it you're not coming to any self-realization mm. you know then i think it's that is pointless wow that's so true i totally totally agree so um we're gonna wrap up this show has been really enlightening um but i just want to ask if there's anything that you want to um share with us any resources that you may have pulled up um in preparation for the show any um thing that you might have um prepared to say that I may not have asked? Um, I would, um, what uh, Barbara said last week with the hotlines, um, Mm. the domestic abuse, and um, even there's um, suicide hotlines as well. Like if you are feeling suicidal, you've come to a point of um, no return because of whatever abuse you went through or whatever trauma you went through, there is help out there. You don't have to go through anything alone and that will also be shared um, at the end of the the show. the show, we'll list the numbers, suicide prevention hotline, and um, just for, um, they have like a ambulance service for mental health um, services. They have online therapy um, talks. They have a lot of things that are there for those who have been victims of abuse or any type of trauma. So just know that you're not alone mm-hmm. and it's okay to seek help um, when you feel lost and you may not have a church home You may not have brothers and sisters who you can go to or, you know, any spiritual leader that you can go to, then it doesn't hurt to seek mental health services. Amen. I'm glad you said that because I was going to mention that a lot of our listening population or viewing population, they're in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And I know they don't have access to like the the hotlines and the um, domestic abuse hotlines, the sexual abuse, whatever, you know, all the numbers we're going to post at the end of it. So, like, with them, I think it might be best to go see their spiritual leaders. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, and regardless, if you, you know, you have a spiritual leader, you should definitely seek them out if you are in a situation of abuse or any trauma, um, because you do want them to know, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you have that, um, relationship that, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you, you know, go and speak to them. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that. Um, but also, um, 
you know, dealing with it yourself. Um, therapy is not a bad idea. If you are looking for like weekly sessions or just like a, a continuous, you know, sessions of talking it out with, with someone who is, you know, and they do have, um, like a Christian therapist mm. and, you know, which I would recommend more just because they could give you the biblical perspective of what you're looking for instead of the, you know, worldly perspective. But um, yeah, definitely don't keep it in. That's the number one. Don't keep it, don't in. Keep it in. Talk to someone, even if you are a child and you, you think no one will believe you or talk to someone. There, and there is always that one person who's ready to listen. Indeed, I do agree. God bless you so much. God bless you. I really appreciate you honoring the invitation and coming onto the show. Anytime, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I really enjoyed this episode because I got to understand. I hope you did as well. I got to understand the clinical aspect of it, especially the mental aspect of it. I actually did not think that bullying was a form of abuse. So mm. I'm really glad that I learned that today. And um, if anybody's out there, as Sister oh, Dr. Ash said, she doesn't like that, but we're talking to her in her field. So I'm going to call you Dr. Ash today. <laughs> as Dr. Ash said, um, someone is ready to listen. Someone will listen. Even if you don't think they're listening, someone's, someone's there to listen. So I re I'm really glad that I got to learn what all I learned today. And I hope you learned as much as I learned today. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you, girl. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to The Journey Podcast with your host, Karen Sion. I am so grateful to God for today's show because I did learn a lot. I think combined with Barbara's show last week and today's show, I think I've I'm really glad we did this series because I have my eyes have been open. My perspective has changed when it comes to this topic. It's been very enlightening and I'm so grateful to God that we're doing it. And I hope the same for you. So stay connected to the journey. Make sure that you follow our Instagram page at the journey underscore podcast. Like our Facebook page, the journey podcast with Karen Sion and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the journey podcast with Karen Sion. Make sure to check out our website, tjpodcast.com. And I would love for us to continue the conversation in the comment boxes and in our DMs. So please and please again, reach out to us. Feedback is most appreciated. God willing, next week, Barbara and Ash will be back onto the show to come to talk to us about self-abuse. We've, I think we've mentioned it here and there when it, the first episode, the second and the third episode, but for the last episode, we're going to come on to talk about self-abuse and the believer. That show might be a bit shorter than usual, but I'm really excited because a lot of the questions I had were veering towards that topic, self-abuse. So I really can't wait for next week for us to have that conversation about this sensitive topic okay i'm really really excited so stay tuned for that on that note remember the fastest runner doesn't always win the race the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle the wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy those who are educated don't always lead successful lives it's all decided by god through times and seasons i love you all god bless you all stay safe stay blessed and have a wonderful week You walk with me, I walk with you Together we face life Hand in hand, side by side With Jesus the mastermind It takes faith, it takes a step To finish a thousand miles But together We're in this, and this is called the journey, the journey.